Welcome to Restoration City Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed by this message. And so I'm, I, I bless the Lord for you and I'm going to take the next few weeks and I'm going to um, do a series of teaching. Normally on a Sunday is we mainly uh, have a time of preaching and preaching is good, preaching is motivational, is it brings inspiration. But I think it's important to also have a time of teaching. Teaching gives us the foundation that we need. The Bible says in all that we are getting, we ought to get understanding. And so at this time, we've done some series of teaching on, in our Bible studies, what the Lord has placed in my heart about understanding and, and, and dealing with the spiritual man and how to build up our spiritual man and how to strengthen our spiritual man so that we can move into the things of the supernatural. And so I'm going to go through a series of some teaching in regards to building up our spiritual man because if there's any time where we need to be built up is now. And so we're going to be going through laying some foundations and, and we're going to build as we go through the different weeks. So today I, I'm going to be really talking about the purpose of our spirit, our soul, and our body. It's important that we understand the purpose of, of ourselves Because with anything, if you have something and you don't understand its purpose, you can end up misusing it to the point that you can become abusive of something that is supposed to be good. But because we have no knowledge of it, if you, if someone gives you something and they don't explain to you what you have been given, you can end up abusing it and end up being really frustrated. I remember when I firstly started this ministry, I, I had a, we had an office at Church Road and it was quite funny. I was just, I was launching out on, on my own. And you know, when you start off, you have to learn things. And I had to learn things the hard way. And I, I remember getting, I had the two computers and I had our offices. We had one office here and we had another office around the corner and we had a printer. I went out and I bought a printer. And I was so used to having it where whatever room you were in, it didn't make no difference. You'd send the work and the printer would print it out. It's, it's just a simple thing. But because I was starting from scratch, I had to buy everything myself and I had to start from new. So I bought these printers, uh, the printer, and I had the computer. And it was just a simple case of networking everything together because you have to understand we didn't have the proper wi-fi like we have now everything had to be done by wires and cables and and so i connected everything and i was trying to get the computer to find the printer and just print a piece of paper how hard could that be i mean it's just simple stuff I got it to work on one computer, but when I go to the other computer, I couldn't get it to find the printer so that it can just the, just print a piece of paper. And I tried everything. I looked. I, 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 I didn't want to ask for help, being man. 
just didn't want to ask for help because I thought this was something that would be just so simple to do because in all the other workplaces I've had, this is how it works. And after one week of intense work and trying to reconfigure the computer, because I'm thinking it's got to be the computer fault, I tried to reconfigure the computer, I tried everything. And it got to a point where I completely messed up the computer and I still couldn't get the printer to print a piece of paper. So in the end, I had to call for help. And I called my, my, my cousin to come and, if he can come and help bail me out of this situation. And when he looked at everything, all the, the wires that I was meant to collect, because I was getting so frustrated, the pins that I was meant to just put in, I bent the pins so that was broken. Then I messed up the whole programming of the computer. It was just mayhem. And so when he came in and he was like, and he looked at it and says, Dewa, what have you been doing? And I said, I haven't been able to get any work done for the whole week because of the computer. So when we, he got the instructions for the printer, and when he read the instructions for the printer, it quite clearly says in black and white, this is not for networking. If I had read that one line, it would have saved me so much time. Because now what I've happened is I've got to a place where I'm unproductive. I've got to a place where I'm frustrated and now I have damaged the computer and there was nothing wrong with the computer. It was simply the printer was not designed for networking. I had to go to the shop and buy the right type of printer and once you plug it in, it was all okay. And sometimes when you don't understand the function of something, we get frustrated and we say, it doesn't work. And the problem is, we just don't understand its purpose. And that's the same when it comes to us. We have to understand three things when it comes to our human spirit. When it comes to us, there's three things, key things that our human spirit must have. And what our human spirit craves for. And what our human th spirit thrives for. And number one, our human spirit craves for communion that comes from being in the presence of God. There's something about when you have been in the presence of God, you want more. It is, it is something that our spirits enjoy. If you take fish out of water, it doesn't, it doesn't last very long. And the same with us, our spirit craves, it thrives on being in the presence of God. Where power comes, power comes by us being in the presence of God. The second thing that uh, our spirit, our human spirit thrives for is the ability to discern what is right from wrong. Those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we are not lawless people. We don't just live our lives anyhow we want to. We live by sets of rules. I would just turn the phone back down a little bit, please. We, we have certain rules, certain guidelines of how we live, live our lives. It's so important because Christians need to be good disciples. 
We, and that's one of the things you can go up a little bit too, too low. It's important for us to be discipled. And, 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 and that is a, a disciple means to have a disciplined lifestyle. We don't just go and do anything we want to do. So it's important. Um, our consciousness gives us the ability to be able to discern what things are right and what things are not right. And also our human spirit, the third thing our human spirit craves for and is important for is to have wisdom. Because what wisdom does, it allows us to read the word of God and wisdom gives us the ability to be able to to bring application to what we have read. It's not just reading the word. A lot of people can read the word, but they don't apply the word to their lives. And when you don't apply the word of God to your life, that's when people complain and says it doesn't work because you haven't applied the word. You may have read the word, but you've got to apply the word to your life. And when we do that, we will see that things in our lives will begin to change. So when we talk about uh, our spirit, soul, and body, let's, I'm going to go from the foundation and build it because where I want us to, where I want to go is to understand that we are triunion beings. We have a body, we have a soul, we have our spirit. And what I, where I want to go is to the place of our spirit. But we need to understand our bodies, we need to understand our soul, the purpose of our bodies, the purpose of our soul, and the purpose of our spirit. Because for many of us, we are trying to serve God with just our souls. And when you're only trying to serve God with just from your soul realm, you are going to get to a place like I have, where you become absolutely frustrated because you don't understand the purpose of spirit, soul, and body, and how they're meant to work together. So in Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, and again, I'm just going to be, these are foundational things, these are things that I I know many of us know, but for those who are listening online, and sometimes we we take it for granted that everyone knows um, scriptures and everything, but there are people who are listening who need things to be broken down. So for those of you who are knowledgeable Bible students, um, and this may be quite easy for you, bear with me for those who need to come along on this journey. Because I need to get this foundation first so that we can build from this foundation and then it will make sense as I move on to some of the more um, the other t- teachings, you will understand that it begins to make sense because everything starts to fit in place. So the first thing that we need to understand is In scripture, Genesis 1 verse 26, the Bible says that God said, let us make man in our image. So God's desire for for us as he makes man is that he would have someone to whom he can relate to. Someone to whom he can have a relationship with. Man is so important. That's why the scriptures, when they the angels looked, they said, what is man that you are so mindful of? 
There's something about man in terms of our relationship that we're supposed to have from the beginning even to now. There's a relationship that man has with God because we have been made in the image of God. In other words, you and I are carrying the DNA of our God. We are descendants of one of my bishops. um, He's always been preaching this, Bishop Burnett. He's been preaching every week, sometimes two, three times a week, on the descendants of God. And he's been preaching this sermon for about two years straight on the descendants of God. But we carry the DNA of our Father. And God's desire for us is that as we are part of his creation is that all three parts of us will will be a vessel to contain and express God. So the purpose of God, of us being created by God in his image and in his likeness, is that we may reflect him and that we may contain and express him through our lives. That you and I are here to to reflect, as it were, the glory of God. When you have our natural children, you can look at the children, and our children has a reflection of who we are. Amen? We have our children, and what makes it exciting is when you can see yourself through your children. It, they reflect you. If your child has nothing in common with you, then you start asking questions. Lord have mercy, that's a whole different thing. But God's purpose is, the whole purpose of God in terms of making us is that God will come into our lives and to fill our lives with himself. He wants to look at us and see a reflection of himself in and through our lives. And that's why when we are, when we become a believer of, our, of the Lord Jesus Christ, what happens is he comes into our lives and he makes us into a new creation. He is our spirit. And what happens is we become a new creation, we become a new person. Because what happens is he begins to express himself in and through our lives. So our spirits, our souls and our bodies all reflect who he is. So there is God's intention in giving us three parts, spirit, soul and body, is that we will be a vessel to contain him and express him. And by choosing to live by our spirit, that's the key part, is when we use, when we allow him to flow through our spirit, we are then fulfilling his divine purpose. The Bible tells us that when we start, when we talk about giving our lives to Christ and and becoming one of his disciples and becoming a child of Christ, the Bible tells us that the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. For the things of the Spirit, they see these things as foolishness. Because there are things that have to be spiritually discerned. So when we talk about we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people see it as foolishness because as far as they're concerned, it's my life and I choose to do whatever I want to do with my life. They don't see that their lives belong to the Lord. 
They don't see that when they are born, that we are born to fulfill his purpose. And that's why we cannot be an accident. Whether our, our parents planned for us, yes or no. When we came into earth, even when we, in fact in Jeremiah, even when we was in our mother's womb, God already, already had a purpose set out for us. So we are not accidents. And what is important is that we just don't go around just doing what we, whatever we want to do because we feel it's my life. No, our lives, our bodies, our souls, and our spirits belongs to the Lord. Amen? So with each of us, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. To sanctify means to set you apart. And may your spirit and your soul and your body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's important that as we start off and we begin to lay the foundation, it's important that we understand that each of us are unique in our own way. That we all differ one from each other. We may have things which are similar, but you are absolutely unique. And that's why it's beautiful when you begin to, when we understand that in terms of our prayer, when we understand that in terms of our worship, when we're giving thanksgiving and giving praise, you have to understand you are so unique that nobody else can take your praise. Your praise, your worship, your thanksgiving, your prayers is so unique. You can have this place filled with people, but the Father wants to hear your voice because you are so unique. There is not another voice. There is not another person like you. You are special. I am special in his eyes. So even though other people may not see our value, God values each and every one of us, because the life he's given to us is precious. So if you ever walk around, because the devil wants us to feel that we are just nobody, and, and because there's so many people that's around us, we just fit into the number, and we're not special. I need you to understand that is not how scripture sees us. Scripture sees us as being absolutely unique and absolutely special. But because we deal with people and they don't understand us, they don't know the value of us, that's why so many people go through abuse. And what happens is it robs them of understanding the quality of who they are. When you've gone through some stuff, when you've gone through, when people don't value you, when they don't see your purpose and they don't understand you, what happens is they misuse you. They abuse you. And we've all, many of us has been there. And what happens when we see ourselves, we don't see ourselves through the eyes of scripture. We see ourselves through the eyes of those who have taken advantage of us. Lord have mercy. But we are different we have different personalities. We have different complexities. There's things that I like that you're not going to like. 
There's things which I will consider to be beautiful that you don't consider to be beautiful because we see things differently. We are all different types of people. We come from different backgrounds, different cultures. We are raised differently. We are all different types of people, but there are things that are similar. But what joins us together is when we are in Christ Jesus. So we can celebrate the fact that we are different. We don't have to destroy or tear each each other up just because you see things different from me. We are still one people. Amen? So we have these three basic parts, spirit, soul, and body. And each three of these parts has its purpose. And each three of these parts have its function. But whether we are dealing with spirit, soul, and body, what is important is to understand that all three of them belongs to God. And so we were created and designed with a purpose. And that's what is so important. So when we are going through the scriptures, I need us to understand this because I'm just laying the foundation for where I need to go. It's important that we understand that in our lives, every single one of us comes with a purpose. There is a purpose that's been built into us for our lives. And that's what we seek to fulfill. So in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, the Bible tells us, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life. Man was formed from the dust of the earth. I know we like to be stush, but we actually, our bodies literally come from the dust of the earth. That's why we talk about in scripture that in Genesis 3 verse 19, it says, from out of the dust you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you shall return. So when we are doing, when we at a committal service, that's what we say, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, because we came from dust, and we go back to dust. Because that's what we're talking about when we're dealing with this physical body. So this physical body is the part of me that you see, is the visible things which you see about me. So this body has been formed by God. And what he done, he, he formed man and then he breathed into man and man became a living soul. The, live, the word living soul is a word nephish. It means that God breathed into man and put into man destiny. He put into man purpose, callings, visions. So there's things which comes from God which he had breathed into us that we received. But when it comes to our bodies, our, our bodies are the vessel that God has made in his image. So out of all the other creation that God made with all the other animals, they are not in the image of God. 
Though evolution will tell you that we are coming from monkeys and we are coming from all kinds of stuff. No, we were made, only mankind was made in the image and in the likeness of God. It's important you understand that because I know there's all kinds of crazy teaching that's going out in there. And some of those teaching of evolution creeps into the church. But we, man, comes from from we are made in the image of God. No other creation is made in the image of God. That makes us completely different. You say, how do you back that up, Pastor? Psalms 139. Psalms 139, verse 14. Psalms 139, verse 14. This is our response. It says this. I praise you. To praise is to exalt him, to, of, to, to speak well of him. I praise you. Why? Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that fully well. When was the last time you praised God because you were fearfully and wonderfully made? When was the last time you looked at yourself? It, it sounds vain, and it? You kind of look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a, I'm a wonder of God's creation. It just, it just, I don't know about you. This sounds weird. But that's what we are. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. But here's the issue. The issue that we are in a world that tells us the opposite. We're in a world that tells us that we are not good enough. I wish I had a church here today. That's what we're in. We're in a world that tells us you're not good enough. You're not tall enough. You're not short enough. You're, you're too dark. You're, you're too light. And, and, and so therefore we're always trying to change. Why? Because we don't feel that when God made us, we don't feel that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Are you hearing me? And so we have a complex because we got to understand that the devil is in the detail. The devil has got in and has messed and, and messed with the programming of who we are. And so even though I'm a born again believer, even though I speak in tongues and I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't like myself. Come on and talk to me, somebody. We can we can come to church, but the devil has got into the system and has messed up our thinking. So instead of praising God to say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and let me just say this, even our weaknesses, even the, the things that we may feel is not right, we are still fearfully and wonderfully made. We are a wonder of his creation. And that's about each other. And this is the kind of, if we can reinforce our children to believe that, then the advertising that we rely upon, because the advertising through media and through the things which you see on TV, we are never good enough. If we can reinforce 
our children to understand you are beautiful. You are wonderful. You are fearfully made. If we could do that, it will strengthen ourselves and we wouldn't feel so insecure. You all ain't say nothing to me. Because we all have certain weaknesses that makes us feel that we have no use. And, the, and that's why the grace of God has got to come and the grace of God comes to cover our weaknesses. Because when we look at ourselves, we see things we don't like. We see things that, we see the impurities of ourselves. And that's why we need the power of God to help us even in the times when our thinking becomes weak. Because the weaknesses sometimes we experience keeps us humble. And that's why we lean on God's strength, which is more sufficient than our own. But when this, what the scripture says about our bodies is this, because we're in a time, church, you, you say, Pastor, why is this so relevant? Because we're in a time where people don't have value. They say, I'm, I'm, I'm gender neutral. I don't have a gender. So in other words, I'm not part of God's creation. I'm doing my own thing. They're moving away from the values of the word of God because these are, things are not taught anymore. And so when we don't enforce the word of God and bring the word of God to people, they are just making up their own stuff. And now they're telling you there's a hundred different types of gender. Well, you will know. And, and then there is this force that says, if you don't call me according to the gender that I think I am, then you're the one with a problem. And now the emphasis is on us. And now they want us to, to partake of their foolishness. Well, no. We need to understand our purpose. We need to understand the word of God. And when we don't understand the word of God, it looks as though oh, we're, we're pretty cruel people. It looks as though we're the ones who are heartless. No, we're the ones who crave the word of God. As I said, when you're a born-again believer, we don't just do anything. We don't just partake of what's going on in the world. Because some of the stuff that's going on in the world creeps into the church. Because the church wants to be all-inclusive. We don't want to be people that cause upset to people. And so we are compliant to the foolishness that's going on. And with being compliant to the foolishness, what we do is we abandon the principle of the word of God because no one is telling us about the word of God, about loving ourselves and loving the body that he's given you. I know this, is, this, is, this has got a little bit quiet. I hope the people at home is shouting amen. So the Bible lets us know in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 19. It says this, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? That my body is the temple that the Holy Spirit 
wants to dwell in. You see how precious that is? That the Holy Spirit wants to come and dwell in my body. That's how valuable you are. You are so valuable. Your body is so precious. That's why we can't just do anything we want with our body. Because the Lord sees your body as being precious. Your body is so precious that the Holy Spirit says, I want to come and dwell in you. That's how precious you are. Could you imagine in the natural if there was someone that you really admire, whether they were celebrity, whether they were royalty, whoever. if Could you imagine if someone who you really, really looked up to said, I would like to come to your house. Come on, Zacchaeus. I would really like to come to your house and, and have and spend some time with you. How precious would you feel if you're looking you're saying, but my house is a humble house. I remember when, when um, Bishop Tudor Bismarck uh, requested to, to come to our church. And I was saying, but Bishop Bismarck, you, you are such a, a person in, in my eyes, of, of a person of such greatness. I, I feel kind of intimidated to have someone of your statue come into our humble home. But... That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But he was so gracious because he was like, I want to come and spend some time with you. And I'm thinking, with me, I'm, who am I? You, do you understand what I'm saying? Because of how I see him, I have such respect for him. He's, he's of such a high caliber. And yet he's saying, I would like to come into your place. And I had to explain that our place is humble. We don't have, you know, like a cathedral. We don't have one of these big, you know, churches. It's, it's a humble church. But it's like, I don't care. I want to come and spend time with you because I value you. Imagine the same. This is the same, but on a much higher scale. On the highest scale possible. That the Holy Spirit says, your body, which has been fearfully and wonderfully made. The Holy Spirit says, I want to come into your body. I want to take possession. I want to be part of your life. Have mercy. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. So pastor, so what stops me from carrying on with all kinds of lifestyles is because my body is not mine. Are you getting me? Where people say, well, it's my life. I can do whatever I want. Hear the scripture saying, no, it's not. It is not your body. You should not be just carrying on with all kinds of foolishness. It's not your body. Your body belongs to to God. That's why we don't sin. We don't, we don't come into a lifestyle of sinning. Why? Because we understand the scripture. It's not that I don't want the pleasure. Talk to me somebody. There are some pleasures in sin. Unless you ain't doing it right. But there is some pleasures. But I'm not gonna, I, I'm, I'm not gonna 
go along with the pleasures of sin when it's not my body. This has been lent to me and the Holy Spirit says, I want to dwell in you. So if I know that someone who I respect, someone of who I admire is coming into my humble dwelling place to my home, I'm getting at the Dyson. We, me and Dyson is going to be good friends. You're going to be cleaning. You're going to be polishing. You're going to want to make that place as comfortable as possible because the person who you admire is coming to your home. And so you will, you will make the necessary changes so that when that person comes, they will feel as comfortable as possible. I want the Holy Spirit to be comfortable. Me and demons don't share the same place. I want when the Lord comes that in my life, he can feel comfortable and say, this is my dwelling place. Your body, how you, how you preserve yourself, how you handle yourself, how you deal with yourself. You understand that I'm a carrier of the Holy Spirit. And so I've got to look after my vessel. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. We present our bodies as a living sacrifice. I'm presenting my body because normally a sacrifice is not something, when you're sacrificing an animal, the animal ain't saying, yes, I, I don't mind being killed first. It's a sacrifice. Sacrifice means it hurts. It's going to cost something. So what the Bible is saying, you have to offer your body. You have to do it. No one's going to force you to. You've got to make that choice to say, my body, I'm offering it to the Lord as a living sacrifice. Not dead. I don't want to die. I don't want to die over this. But this is a living I'm bringing my body as a living sacrifice. That means it costs me something. Walking this Christian life is going to cost you something. Keeping yourself pure is going to cost you. When everybody else is doing their own thing, that's why you have to be disciplined. It's going to cost you. Anyone who tell you just come into Christ and you can do whatever you want because he's, he's loving and forgiving, they're lying to you. Christianity is going to cost you something. You have to bring your body as a living sacrifice. And when you bring your body as a living sacrifice, it's got to be holy and acceptable unto him. And that becomes your reasonable offering, your reasonable service. So that's what I'm bringing to him. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 says, For you were bought at a price. So to have this didn't come free. You have been brought with a price. Therefore, 
Glorify God in your body. Glorify God. Give Him glory whilst you are in your body. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. And hear this, which belongs to who? Which are God's? So you've been bought with a price. Work this out. You've been bought with a price. That's called redemption. That's, that's uh, if I can break this down. In, in those times, if you had a slave and you were a slave to someone else, what happens is you come to that person and you say, I want to buy this person out of slavery. There has to be an exchange mechanism. So you offer whatever you need to offer to buy that person back is a redemption. You are buying that person back so that they can be free. So the scripture here is saying you have been bought with a price, but the price you've been bought with is not with silver or gold because silver or gold will devalue who you are. That's why you cannot put a price on a person. You are too valuable. Lord have mercy. Do you, do you understand? You and I are so valuable. This is completely opposite from what the world tells us. Because the world tells us that we have to get to a particular statue or status in life for us to be valuable. But right where you are, you are valuable. I am valuable. You are precious. I am precious. Because we've been, we've been purchased with a price and it was not silver or gold. Because you can't say, well, I am worth 10 million and you are worth 5 million. Because that's what we do. We look and we put value on people. Well, because you come from Croydon, you are a lower value. And this person comes from Kensington, so they are higher value. Hell no, the devil is a liar. So people try to put value on you based upon where you come from, based upon your background, based upon your education. They try to put a value on where they think you are in the scales of economy. Hell no, I have not been purchased with silver or gold. You can't put a value on me with monetary value. You and I have been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ ransomed us, paid a price, and he set us free. We are not purchased by silver or gold. The blood of Jesus has redeemed us. We have redemption through him, through the forgiveness of sin, through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's been paid. And so we have this, this, this value. So when the scripture says you've been bought at a price, it is not monetary price, but the blood of Jesus Christ. And therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Why? Because my body, my soul, and my spirit belongs to him. I am totally sold out. I do not belong to myself. I belong to Jesus. Last verse and I'm finished. Romans 12. I love this, this, this verse. Because this is the verse that I got into so much trouble when I was learning how to preach. And I was preaching in a conference and I 
preach this from this message, this this verse, and got myself in a whole load of trouble with the old folks. I did. I, I preached. I was only about 16, 17, and it was a youth conference. And they asked me to, to, to speak. And I speak. I spoke on Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And I didn't enjoy it. That's all I can say. And I said to myself, after getting whipped, I said, I would never get in church again. I'm never going to speak in church again. I was so humiliated. But yet this verse became the transformation verse for my life. Because here, this is what it says. Romans 12, 1 and 2, and I'm finished here. I beseech you therefore, brethren, I'm begging you, brethren, by the mercies of God, do what? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse number 2, here's the key thing. And do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. I've got to ensure that I'm presenting my body unto the Lord as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. And I've got to also understand that I cannot be conformed to this world but a transformation has got to take place for me to understand that my body belongs to the lord my life belongs to jesus and if you're listening to me and you say what does it take for me to be a christian it takes a transformation of the mind it takes a renewing of your mind if you do not see yourself valuable the devil would take advantage of you but when you see yourself and you see your life, you see your body as an instrument as unto righteousness. When you see your life, because whoever you submit yourself to, that's who you become servant to. So when I submit myself to the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm only dealing with the body today. I'm only dealing with the body. That when I understand that my body belongs to the Lord... It belongs to him. And I go through that renewal because, as I said, sometimes we go through stuff that messes up our mind, plays with our mind, where we don't value ourselves. Hear the scripture saying, and be not conformed to this world. Don't go along with the world system of some of the stuff that we're hearing coming out. You cannot follow the course of this world. We've got to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We pray you're encouraged with the Word of God. For more information about Restoration City Church, please visit us at www.restorationcc.org.uk.